March 2nd, Mark chapter 10, verses 32 through 52. They, the disciples, were now on the way to Jerusalem, and Jesus was walking ahead of them. The disciples were filled with dread, and the people following behind were overwhelmed with fear. Taking the twelve disciples aside, Jesus once more began to describe everything that was about to happen to him in Jerusalem. When we get to Jerusalem, he told them, the Son of Man will be betrayed to the leading priests and the teachers of religious law. They will sentence him to die and hand him over to the Romans. They will mock him, spit on him, beat him with their whips, and kill him. But after three days, he will rise again. Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came over and spoke to him. Teacher, they said, we want you to do us a favor. What is it? he asked. In your glorious kingdom, we want to sit in places of honor next to you, they said, one at your right and the other at your left. But Jesus answered, You don't know what you are asking. Are you able to drink from the bitter cup of sorrow I am about to drink? Are you able to be baptized with the baptism of suffering I must be baptized with? Oh, yes, they said, we are able. And Jesus said, You will indeed drink from my cup and be baptized with my baptism. But I have no right to say who will sit on the throne next to mine. God has prepared those places for the ones he has chosen. When the ten other disciples discovered what James and John had asked, they were indignant. So Jesus called them together and said, you know that in this world kings are tyrants, and officials lord it over the people beneath them. But among you it should be quite different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be the slave of all. For even I, the Son of Man, came here not to be served, but to serve others, and to give my life as a ransom for many. And so they reached Jericho. Later, as Jesus and his disciples left town, a great crowd was following. A blind beggar named Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, was sitting beside the road as Jesus was going by. When Bartimaeus heard that Jesus from Nazareth was nearby, he began to shout out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Be quiet, some of the people yelled at him but he only shouted louder, Son of David, have mercy on me. When Jesus heard him, he stopped and said, Tell him to come here. So they called the blind man. Cheer up, they said. Come on, he's calling you. Bartimaeus threw aside his cloak, jumped up, and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked. Teacher, the blind man said, I want to see. And Jesus said to him, Go your way. Your faith has healed you. And instantly the blind man could see. Then he followed Jesus down the road. Psalm 45, verses 1 through 17. Written for a royal wedding, this psalm is messianic and shows us Christ, the royal bridegroom. We'll read about his beauty. 
When he was here on earth, Jesus had no special beauty that would attract people. It is the beauty of his character, his words, and his works that makes us love him so much. We'll read about his battles. He came a savior, but he was also a warrior and defeated Satan. He conquers today through his people, you and me, as we yield to him and practice truth, humility, and righteousness. One day he will come to conquer all the kingdoms of the world. We'll read about his bounties. Who else has an eternal throne, a righteous scepter, gladness, and the fragrance of grace and glory? If you know the king, you share all his bounties. And we'll read about his bride. This, of course, is a picture of the church and all those who've been saved through faith in Christ. The bridegroom is ready, the attendants are ready, and the bride is brought to the king with rejoicing. What a wedding that will be, the marriage supper of the Lamb. Are you eagerly looking forward to being there? Don't miss it. It's going to be quite a party. Hosea chapter 3 verse 1, Then the Lord said to me, Go again, Hosea. What? Go find her. Love this woman who's loved by a lover and is right now committing adultery. Go find her, Hosea. Go find her. Look what's after the comma. Just like the love of the Lord for Israel. I love her. Now, where it says Israel, it means Israel but it also prophetically speaks of God's love for the whole world. Go find her again. This, this is like my love for the children of Israel who look to other gods and love the raisin cakes of the pagans. In other words, they like the things that society, stuff, possessions that the world offers. They're trying to find love and meaning and purpose in that. Go, go, go find her. Boy, that must have been a heart-wrenching process as you go looking for your wife who was a former prostitute who's now back into prostitution where do you go looking for her friends how messy is that search how painful is that pursuit as he walks the streets streets everyone says you don't go to those neighborhoods Men of God should never be seen in those places and buildings. But here's Hosea looking for who? His wife of all people. Going on in verse 2, he continues to write, So I bought her. I bought her for myself for 15 shekels of silver and one and one half homers of barley. Wait! Wait, 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 wait. She's your wife, Hosea. She's already yours. What was the scene like as Gomer's back in the sex slave industry? What are the chances? Does Gomer find her on some pedestal somewhere, chained and shackled, naked, being sold to the highest bidder? Hosea there sees his wife the mother of their three children, and Hosea looks at her and says, excuse me, sir, that's my wife. He goes, sir, I don't care who you think she is. This is her price. 
But I, hey, what's the price? And he pays for what is already his. The Bible says, I hope you understand, Hosea is a picture of God, and no offense, you and I are a picture of Gomer. The Bible says the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Mankind is the unique possession of the Creator God. And yet, 2,000 years ago, he paid a dear price. He paid for what he already possessed. And he sent his son who spilled his blood to purchase back what he already owned. How much? Hosea gets the money. What was that exchange like when Hosea looked in the eyes of his wife? No doubt she hung her head in embarrassment. He's found me. I've abandoned him. I've abandoned our three kids. And yet he insists on buying me. Buying me. As these other men sought to buy her, to use her. Hosea seeks to buy her, to heal her. It says in verse 4, for the children of Israel shall abide. Now, now this is where Hosea shifts in and he starts speaking prophetically. This is, this is really no longer about him and Gomer. It's about something that is to come. It's about something bigger. Verse 5. Afterward, afterward, there's going to come a season. He didn't know it would be 750 years, but it would. There would be no king. It would be difficult. It would be unclear. It would be challenging. But then the children of Israel shall return and seek the Lord their God and David their king. And then notice what it says. They shall fear the Lord. Now, Israel and Judah knew how, what it was to fear the Lord. And by fear, I mean terror. Under the old system of relating to God, there was terror. Terror. Because God, they were unable to keep His commands, the Ten Commandments, and there was judgment and there was wrath. But there will come a day, He prophesies. There will come a Messiah, and he will finally satisfy and appease the wrath of God. And the fear of the Lord in those days will be in awe of his goodness in the latter days. The fear of the people will not be of terror. It will be the in awe of his graciousness towards humanity. Hosea just bought Gomer even though she was already his. This is the picture of the gospel. Salvation completes the work in spite of her sins, in spite of her doings, in spite of running away. And then he stands and says, and there will come a day a King David will rise. And in those days they will fear his goodness. These are the days that we live in. Our Hosea has come. Salvation has come. And he found you. And he found me. And he had to walk to the most despicable places. And he had to uh, uh, communicate and, and be around sinful, broken humanity. Don't you see? As Hosea searched for his wife, so Jesus came searching for the salvation of humanity. 
And by the way, when God found you, you were not so neat and nice and put together. You were in chains and you were naked and you were sinful and so was I. And our gracious God said, how much? How much? The blood of your son. For then and only then can they, humanity, avert the wrath and justice that is rightfully on their heads. Very well. Very well. I'll send my son. Psalm 45, verses 1 through 17. For the choir director, a psalm of the descendants of Korah, to be sung to the tune, Lilies, a love song. My heart overflows with a beautiful thought. I will recite a lovely poem to the king, for my tongue is like the pen of a skillful poet. You are the most handsome of all. Gracious words stream from your lips. God himself has blessed you forever. Put on your sword, O mighty warrior. You are so glorious, so majestic. In your majesty, ride out to victory, defending truth, humility, and justice. Go forth to perform awe-inspiring deeds. Your arrows are sharp, piercing your enemies' hearts. The nations fall before you, lying down beneath your feet. Your throne, O God, endures forever and ever. Your royal power is expressed in justice. You love what is right and hate what is wrong. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you, pouring out the oil of joy on you more than on anyone else. Your robes are perfumed with myrrh, aloes, and cassia. In palaces decorated with ivory, you are entertained by the music of harps. King's daughters are among your concubines. At your right side stands the queen, wearing jewelry of finest gold from Ophir. Listen to me, O royal daughter. Take to heart what I say. Forget your people and your homeland far away. For your royal husband delights in your beauty. Honor him, for he is your lord. The princes of Tyre will shower you with gifts. People of great wealth will entreat your favor. The bride, a princess, waits within her chamber, dressed in a gown woven with gold. In her beautiful robes, she is led to the king, accompanied by her bridesmaids. What a joyful, enthusiastic procession as they enter the king's palace. Your sons will become kings like their father. You will make them rulers over many lands. I will bring honor to your name in every generation. Therefore, the nations will praise you forever and ever. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 22. The blessing of the Lord makes a person rich, and he adds no sorrow with it. <laughs> 